80 insights into the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. This is for those meditators on the Word, those who enjoy to take a verse and see what's there and let that light give light and life. Uh, so I'm going to look at every single verse, scrape the surface. This is not a theological exposition. This is just things precious to me that I wanted to share with you. There's 80 of them, so it's going to get, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but let's look at it together. In the first verse, we see that many people had tried to put together accounts of what happened, specifically the gospel, the days of Jesus. But he puts this gospel together for three main reasons. One, remembrance. Two, for clarity. Three, for safety. Remembrance because he wants to remember the works of the Lord. Clarity because he wants to remember them exactly as they happen. And safety, he puts it down so it cannot be altered. Verse 2, it seems like Luke was told these things by the apostles who are called the servants of the word or eyewitnesses. Servants of the word do this. They pass on the gospel. <laughs> Three, Luke's gospel is in order. If anything is worthy of careful investigation in order, it is the gospel. <laughs> oh, that our esteem of Christ would inspire our hearts to careful investigation and order of the gospel. Verse 4, we cannot settle for teaching. Let our hearts not find contentment in the fact that we've been taught. Let us inspect it for ourselves, for exactness of truth. Verse 5, a priest and a wife. <laughs> Two of the most noble lives there are to live. Verse 6, they respected and loved the Lord. They were blameless in the requirements and commandments of the Lord. Such as these can be trusted with the carrying of God's purposes. You can be assured that he who has no respect for God's requirements or God's commands will never find himself trusted with God's plans purposes. Verse 7, Elizabeth's barrenness wasn't rejection. God did not reject her. It was preservation for something so much better. I think sometimes the Lord keeps us barren in some area for the sake of a later, greater good. She was her womb was preserved for something very special. And it is the greatest man born among women. John, verse 9. The lot was cast, most likely because it was a fearful thing to enter into that holy place, even for one who had kept the commandments. Maybe his office as priest, having to come before God, aided his blamelessness. <laughs> Fear of God is constantly effectual for abstaining from evil. Exodus twenty twenty. The fear of God would be in you that you may not sin. Verse 10, multitudes were praying outside. Maybe the multitudes praying outside contributed to the encounter inside the temple. Maybe if we pray, we become a praying people corporately. It will help bring those who approach God privately into encounters. Just maybe. Verse 11, incense in the scriptures are symbolic of prayers. The angel 
stands next to the incense. (laughs) Are there angels expected where there's no incense burned? That's the question. Incense burned makes a place for angelic activity. Prayer. Uh, Verse 12. The other world startles even the most faithful and spiritual of men. It's just the truth. Verse 13, angels, messengers, delivering messages, messages by divine guidance, divine decree. And also we see here that God used Zacchaeus's or Zacharias's personal prayer for a son to accomplish his own purposes. Oh, two birds in one. <laughs> I love that. Verse 14, the angel tells Zacharias, one, your petition's heard. Two, you will have a son. Three, you will call him John. Four, you will have joy and gladness. And number five, many will rejoice at his birth. This shows us five things. One, God hears prayer. Two, God determines what we will have. Three, God is owed what God has given. <laughs> Four, men rejoice at God's gift. Five, many will benefit from God's gifts. Verse 15, John equals great in the sight of the Lord. All eyes of men are not worth one eye of God. He's filled with the spirit in the womb. He's consecrated from worldly delights. This man is different. Verse 16, what God sees as great is defined in this verse as he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. This is the ministry that God sees as great, turning people back to God. John turns people back to the Lord. Verse 17, uh, making a people ready and prepared for the Lord has to do with turning the heart, turning the heart of the fathers to the children. And number two, turning the disobedient to an attitude of righteousness, which is a disposition of mind. So this preparation and this being ready has to do with heart and mind, heart and mind. Verse 18, uh, Charles Spurgeon once wrote, eyes are impediments for spiritual sight. Eyes are impediments for spiritual sight. Zacharias is looking for confirmation when the angel tells him, And I just have this thought in my mind. Does human unbelief have a better example than this? An angel is speaking to you and you want to look for some type of confirmation. Well, I think this teaches us to abandon logic once God speaks. (laughs) Verse 19, Gabriel's job, very interesting, is standing from the presence of the Lord. This is where he comes from, standing in the presence of the Lord. I have been sent, Gabriel says, from the presence of the Lord to speak to you and bring this good news. Oh, let every minister everywhere learn from this servant of God that our preaching of the gospel and our speaking and sending must be from the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Verse 20, unbelief. Ooh. It's intolerable. And waiting is when the voice of unbelief is most likely to leak 
Waiting is when the voice of unbelief is most likely to leak. So God seals up this leak supernaturally till Zacharias believes. He can't speak. Maybe the judgment that was laid upon Zacharias for his unbelief broke to pieces over time that unbelief. (laughs) He can't speak all the way until the child is born. Verse 21, interesting, they say this phrase, it says, they wondered at his delay. When he's having this encounter inside the temple, those that are outside are wondering why it's taking him so long. I think it is important to note that whenever you have a personal experience of the Lord, the other people were not there. And when another person has an experience with the Lord, you were not there. I think this is a, this is a respectful recognition that is necessary for unity and understanding one another. Verse 22, um, true encounters are effectual to alter our being. True encounters are effectual to alter our being. Even the inability to speak describe the fact of his vision. <laughs> Encounter is superior to language. Encounter is superior to language. We often resort to signing in order to communicate it. <laughs> so 23, what those um, after days must have been after he had that encounter in, that, in the temple, what those days of service after that would have been common rituals by encounter are now fragrant with heavenly memory. Oh, you've had this before, where you met with the Lord in some common place, and now that common place, that daily mundane ritual, is the fragrance, is the fragrance of memory of the Lord's love there. Verse 24, encounters have a way, visions have a way, communion has a way of making the practices that have grown ineffectual, fertile. (laughs) Something about encounter takes that thing that hasn't been able to bear fruit and makes it bear forth fruit. Verse 25, Elizabeth responded to the fear or the favor of God bestowed on her with solitude. I thought that was an incredible point in verse 25. The favor of God is on her. She goes, let me go away into solitude. Often it is God's blessing that draws pure hearts to solitude with him in seclusion. It's funny, this is John the Baptist's mom. She went to seclusion. He came from seclusion. (laughs) Verse 26, the same angel sent to Zacharias in the holy temple is sent to Mary in Nazareth, the place that Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of there? God is no respecter of place or rejecter of place. As A.W. Tozer once wrote, the omnipresence turns every spot on earth into holy ground. (laughs) Verse 27, Mary's qualifications were twofold. Check this out. Um, David, son of David, and virginity. Two things. I, I, I think they are symbolic of David, meaning true, accurate theology, and virginity, meaning purity. These two things are very important for what God wants to bring into the earth. 28, favored one, the Lord is with you. Oh, is there a greater favor than God being with you? His presence is the highest favor that there is. Verse 29, we see even favor and his presence and virginity and 
being chosen doesn't automatically mean we perceive everything that the Lord is doing or saying. I think we can draw that from that verse. Verse 30, the angel dispels fear with favor. (laughs) Verse 30, take a look at it. It's amazing. Maybe more certain belief in God's favor will dispel more of our fears. Verse 31, entering the world as a son of Adam, he is alone, the son of God. Oh, has humility, another name. Has lowliness, another story, another way. Verse 32, God establishes Jesus on the throne of David. As the scripture says, I have set up my king. God says, I have set up my king upon my holy hill. The great son of the most high has God and God alone as his establisher. Jesus lives to God. He trusts God. He looks to no one else. That is why he's able to give himself fully to everyone and not worry about who rejects him or find comfort in who accepts him. I remember reading a book by T. Austin Sparks, and he's talking about Moses being persecuted by people. And the statement that he says is, Moses lived in such a way as to say to God, if God has made me his prophet, then let him show it. He's not going to try to prove himself. God will come to my aid if he's made me his prophet. Verse 33, forever reign a kingdom with no end ruling from Israel. Wow. The house of Jacob, this phrase, the house of Jacob spoils the anti-Semitic hope that Israel is replaced. Wow. The whole of the Old Testament is culminated in the New Testament and concluded with Jesus. Praise God. Sitting in the highest seat in heaven and on earth. Praise be to God. If this be the focus of him coming, then it should have a special place in our receiving. Verse 34, in the understanding, in her misunderstanding, actually, she questions her own ability. This is when Mary is approached by the angel, totally different than Zacharias, who in unbelief questioned the validity of Mary just questions her ability. Oh, far better to respond to the unknown wisdom of God by calling attention to our inability than to his validity. Verse 35, for, the reason, for this reason, the scripture says, for this reason, this is very important theologically, I think, for this reason, the child will be called the son of God. One, the Holy Spirit. Two, the power of God overshadowing her or overshadowing her. So the power of God overshadowing isn't attributed to him later in life. The Holy Spirit, it's not something he grew into. The Holy Spirit is not, it's not that Jesus is the quote, first born again man. That's ridiculous because he's born without seed. He's born seedlessly by the Spirit. So (laughs) he's the son of God in the womb. (laughs) To say Jesus is the first born again man is to deny that he's seedless. Verse 36, at times the testimony of another miracle may encourage us to believe what we've heard from God. How many times has this happened in my life where I heard something from the Lord, but when I saw God did it in somebody else, it just encouraged me. Verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. Jesus quotes this in context of the disciples saying, who can be saved? Now I see something interesting here. Mary's pregnancy and 
Elizabeth's pregnancy, birthing children by, by God's divine power, are symbols of the new birth. The new birth is like Elizabeth's miracle because no matter how long you've been barren, God can make you fruitful. <laughs> and the new birth is like Mary's, um, Mary's because the work is completely the Holy Spirit and it's impossible for man. <laughs> Verse 38, may it be done to me according to your word, Mary says. This statement is, it's just incredible to me. The surrender of her body, of her reputation, of her time, of her life, of her will. <laughs> she calls herself his bond slave. Bond slave is a slave by your own will. Mary, this Mary-like surrender is how God brings his purposes to pass. Where our bodies are not yielded to God, our reputations, our time, our life, our will, if it remains ours, we will not find our personal and unique overshadowing. <laughs> Nor will we find that we are aligned with the Spirit and God's purposes. If we hold back our bodies, our time, our minds, our reputations, if we hold anything back from the Lord, we cannot claim bond slave. Bond slave is, I'm yours, Lord. By my own will, I give myself to you. Verse 39 through 40. Interesting. The angel comes when she's sitting. How do you know she's sitting? Because it says she arose. The angel comes when she's sitting. To me, this is symbolic of rest. The, a, the excitement that she has to hurry to the one person the angel told her had a conception by miracle. She runs straight to Elizabeth. This is interesting to me. She has the encounter. She runs straight to somebody who she knows had an encounter. Um, we must hasten to the side of those who have like experiences of ours. Um, interesting. In addition to the power of God, in addition to the overshadowing, in addition to the angelic visitation, God sees it important to give her a person by her side, a human being by her side, specifically older. But um, verse 41, oh, what leaping and joy does John have at the presence of Jesus, even an unborn Christ in an unborn John. Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit at Mary's greeting. Oh, so the sound of the gospel pours out the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the sound of the gospel pours out the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, maybe the influence of the Spirit upon her gave her a revelation. Maybe when she got filled with the Spirit, she then knew, your womb is fruitful. She's able to say, mother of my Lord, to Mary. These women are the first to know. That's interesting, isn't it? These women are the first to know. Maybe they were chosen for more than their ability to carry or bear children. Maybe it is that these mothers recognized were recognized by God as trustworthy and honorable. Not only the first people to preach were women, but the first to know of the coming of the Lord were women. <laughs> um, their purposes were these men. Their purposes were these men. Isn't that incredible? These women would raise two of the greatest humans to ever walk the planet, John and Jesus. God could have sent both of these men to the temple to be raised, but God wanted them to be raised in a certain kind of way by godly women. Wow. God 
makes godly men by godly mothers. Wow. Verse 44, John, John, verse 44, joy is the mark of Christ's presence. Verse 45, the Lord spoke to her. She believed it would be filled and blessed is she. This is where blessing comes when we believe what God has said. Verse 46, Mary's response to the encouragement that comes to her from Elizabeth is my soul exalts the Lord. Look what she does immediately. The compliment comes to her and she goes, oh yes, it's the Lord. He, he has done these things. Um, she says, the mighty one has done great things for me and his holy name. It's his reputation. It's his work. For all generations, she's counted blessed. Mercy is upon those who fear him. So we see, I wrote this down here, maybe the fear of the Lord is the humility to be a slave by your own will and exalt the Lord. Maybe that's what it is, the fear of the Lord. Verse 53, she, he fills the hungry, sends away the self-sufficient. He sends away the self-sufficient. Oh God, help me to recognize that pride and self-sufficiency is turned away by you. Oh, pray that with me. We would recognize and see that self-sufficiency is turned away by God. Verse 54, interesting to note that help is mercy. Have you ever received aid from a friend or from a providence of God or from the spirit of some, some kind? The spirit quickens you in some way. That's called mercy. Verse 30, or 55 this was taught to Abraham and after him, remember his mercy. I think there is a wonder that's worked in the soul as we keep his mercy before our eyes. Verse 56, though she returns home, Mary returns home, she returns with the strength and experience of the encouragement of a friend. This is just God's way. Verse 57, this Right here, this verse marks the beginning of a new era. Now the time has come. Oh, the show is about to start. What we've waited for is breaking into the world. How great it is to see the birthing of what God has spoken all those years. And for her, the long nine months of waiting, believing all would be well, he is not he, that person, is not disappointed who trusts in the Lord. She is not disappointed because she did trust in the Lord. Things may grow slowly. Listen to this. Things may grow slowly into that time of their showing. <laughs> Things grow slowly into the time of their showing. So verse 58 uh, she rejoices with her, the favor of God on us should cause joy in others, and the favor of God on others should cause joy in us. Verse 59. Oh, listen to this one. Traditions, if we aren't careful, may mindlessly overtake God's purposes. Oh, shall we say that God's purposes must be kept in sight? Yes. Traditions will take their place if the purposes of God are not kept in sight. Even culture can take the place of God's purposes if we don't keep his purposes above everything else. Verse 60, 
Oh, how this woman trusted of God, blameless before him, interjected God over tradition. This is verse 60. In this statement, she declares, our lives are a service to God, not to ourselves or to our people. We shall name him what God has named him, not what tradition or culture says. Verse 61, the traditional practical mind may seek to oppose the faith and confidence of our obedience. I think that is just exactly what the world's condition is today. But we see here in the naming of John, John, apart from tradition and culture, a traditional practical mind may seek to oppose the faith and confidence of our obedience. Verse 62, they may try to go around us. You notice how they try to go around him for the naming of the child, but the experience was too great. Zacharias's experience was too great to fold to tradition. What they knew to be true was more real than those who think like the earth. <laughs> it was more real than the traditions. It was more real than culture. It was more real than family. Maybe the nine months of judgment, judgment on Zacharias with a closed mouth, maybe the nine months of judgment wore away any and all loyalty to traditions, to fear of men, to culture. Verse 63, they were astonished. This was no insignificant stance to change John's name. It was very important. It, it uh, dumbfounded the people. Um, Zacharias, he writes, his name shall be called John. He, his writing was a declaration of faith that broke the judgment of unbelief on him. He seemed to sign his own release form. <laughs> As a man signs a document with life repercussions, counting obedience to God greater. That's what we see here. Verse 64, praise is the end of all discipline. See, the, the discipline that came upon Zacharias loosened his tongue, loosened his tongue to sing praises he would have never otherwise been able to sing. Praise God. Verse 65, talk and fear came over the people, or fear and talk came over the people. What else can be expected when people are confronted with the reality of God? What else can be expected? When God's plans are unfolding before our eyes or a testimony of his greatness and reality comes before us, that comfort that we had from being at a distance from God is now removed and we must face the fact that he is real. And that's what we see here in verse 65. Verse 66, they remembered and wondered what God was going to do through John. In other words, God hand, God's hand performs his works in the earth. And they see that God's hand is on this boy because they have heard what God has done. This hand of God was certainly on John. Verse 67, we see Zacharias going from a religious life to unbelief, to suffering mute, to standing against tradition and obedience, to being filled with the Spirit. Now he's prophesying. <laughs> and listen, when he's prophesying, it says that God works out, uh, he, he, he begins to prophesy the gospel, which means that God has worked out in his heart 
the room needed for the Spirit to fill him and the proclamation of the gospel to come forth. Verse 68, Zechariah's prophecy is the gospel. Maybe it would do us well to recognize this, that the need for foretelling, the need for an interesting story, the need for spiritual enigmas, the need for spiritual uh, proportions, they, they can all fall when we recognize that the gospel ring is the prophet's call. It is the gospel. That is prophecy above all others. His gospel, verse 69, is the son of David. Redemption and salvation. The spirit comes upon him. He preaches the gospel. He prophesies the gospel. The gospel, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Verse 70, the prophets foretold Christ. Christ is the prophecy um, that the prophets pointed to. They said he's coming, but Zacharias declares he's here. Oh, man. Oh, for a larger recognition of the testimony of Jesus being the spirit of prophecy. Verse 76, in this oath, we have the fullness of salvation mentioned, the future conquering. Notice the word all there. None will be left. Israel will be the head and not the tail. Verse 72, his holy covenant, God's holy covenant. God remembers, keeps his commands keeps his covenants, keeps his word. It is the mercy of Christ's arrival that is revealed in the covenant. For he himself will be a covenant to us. It's about this man, Jesus, who is the covenant. Verse 73, we see Abraham, faith and the promise of the spirit. That's Abraham's promise is the receiving of the spirit. Faith, the promise of the spirit before even Israel is formed, which shows us that both groups, Jew and Gentile, are righteous by faith or can be made righteous by faith. If God swears, it will come to pass. He will make it happen. Here is the faithfulness we see in this verse of God to make manifest the things that he has said. Goodness gracious. And this is another revealing of his great character and his wonderful nature. Right there in verse 73. Verse 74 through 75. The glad surrender to him as God and King in the safety of his fatherhood is the joy-filled covenant delivered from all our enemies, living in separation unto him in righteousness all and every one of our days. This is specifically speaking of what it looks like to walk in the covenant, that glad surrender to a he is our God and our King. We have safety of fatherhood. He's delivered us from our enemies. We live separated unto him in righteousness all of our days. Verse 76, this prophecy of Christ and his covenant is to John. When Zacharias is, he's speaking to John or over John, who's called a prophet of the Most High. His assignment is to clear the way, make straight the path, clear the way for Jesus. Verse 77, um, it, notice that it says they, he, will, he will instruct them of, or inform them of, basically teach them concerning salvation by forgiveness of their sins. So he calls them, we know John calls them to repentance from sin, and there's forgiveness here. So we see three things tied together in the ministry of John. One, the knowledge of salvation. Two, forgiveness of sin through his teaching or showing them what is sin and calling them back to God. Verse 78, John is an informer of God's mercy. 
he is informing the people of God's tender, tender mercy for his heart. God's heart is kind with which his, his mercy, his tender mercy comes over us. And we see that the tender mercy is the sunrise from on high who will visit us. Jesus is the sunrise from on high, <laughs> the extension and perfect revelation of God's tender mercies. Praise you, God. Verse 79, as the sun slowly clears away the darkness and the shadows roll back little by little until it's all bright, so he will shine upon those in darkness, the darkness of death. His light will guide men out of chaos and the danger of sin and darkness into peace. Praise God. This is the gospel. This is our Christ who is our light and life. Verse 80, we see John has time in the desert. <laughs> Solitude, living with God. Oh, it makes one strong in spirit. Solitude with God makes men strong in spirit. And he's waiting for his public appearance. So three things I'll close out with. One, find your strength. According to this passage, let's find our strength in solitude with God. <laughs> Two, let's not hasten the day of public appearance. In other words, don't try to rush things. Because there's a marked time for different things. Just find your enjoyment there in solitude with God and let God define or determine when and what and where. And three, don't be afraid or impatient with the unavoidable and very special program of growth. Of growth. For maturity is strength. And this only comes by time. I hope you enjoyed these 80 <laughs> insights to every verse. You might want to just um, read the chapter and then, or follow along, stopping the video before each commentary, each verse that I mentioned. But overall, there's many precious truths just in that first chapter of Luke. And I, again, this is just scraping the surface of what meditation upon the scriptures does. I encourage you when you open up a chapter of the Bible, read it through one time. Then after you've done reading, you're done reading it through, go verse by verse and write out what you're noticing. Uh, and then go back through it and read through all the things that you noticed and pull from them whatever truths and principles and realities of God you can see and pray them back to the Lord. Oh, this is just the greatest delight there is, is to meditate upon his word. This is meditation. Praise God. So bless you guys. Hey, Tuesday nights, I meet with my partners. If you want to become a partner, I'll put a link down below. And we sit with the Lord every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's just so wonderful, the sweetness of his presence. We look at the scriptures, speak together, pray together. I'd love to see you there. God bless you guys.